Praise the Lord. Do you love the Lord this morning? Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. you may be seated this morning. Kenneth was right on target this morning when he was saying that there's a resistance almost, as it were, to our worship this morning. Maybe we just put it back to being our first put it back to being our first Sunday back, but um, you know, when we get into God's house, we ought not to waste time. It's very easy to sit back and just kind of ease into it, you know, but, but God doesn't want us to do that, amen. We, we, we ought to be willing to get involved. You know, it's, it's, it's Pentecostal to clap your hands. It's Pentecostal to raise your hands. It's, it's Pentecostal to shout. It's Pentecostal to dance, to jump up and down, to get excited about being in God's presence. Amen. You know, we need, to, we need to come into this place excited about what God has done. Has God done anything good for you? I tell you, God has done so much for me that there's a song that says, I cannot tell it all. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I missed all of you while I was away, and it's good to be back with, with everybody. It's good to reconnect after the year's break, and I had a, a fairly relaxing holiday, which was wonderful, and uh, this year is going to be a good year, amen? I'm speaking with faith right now. It's going to be a good year, amen? I've come back excited about some of the things that God has put into my spirit for our church for 2020. It's going to be a big year as well because this is the year we're going to have to move. I'm looking around here, first Sunday back, there's still people away, still people traveling, and already we're at about 80%, 85% capacity. We need some, we need some more space, amen. We've got lots of kids here. I want to start up a creche. We want to start up Sunday school. We need to have more youth classes. There's lots of things in my heart. We've just Got to be willing to get ready to step out in faith, church. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Okay. Which sounds like we're about 83% there. We'll see how we go. Praise the Lord. Got your Bibles? Why don't you grab them? Turn with me to the book of Acts. chapter 1. I've had this in my heart for at least the last two or three weeks. And then conference, of course, at conference from this, these verses I'm going to read, they preached from it twice, two different preachers. And then this morning we, we sung, um, we sung that song before Waymaker. I've had a mental blank that it was... Yeah, Holy Spirit, and it's talking about, um, you know, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place, fill the atmosphere. And, and this morning, I want to talk to you for a little while about having a move of the Spirit. Having a move of the Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, 
commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Someone say the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he, he being Jesus, said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put into his own power, but you shall receive power. Everyone say power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea, and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Precious Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. God, we need a move of your spirit, Lord Jesus. I don't want to waste my time in some social club. I don't want to waste my time just gathering together to say hello to friends, Lord God. Lord, we are here with the express purpose of connecting with you today, Lord God. Lord, from your word, as we we look into your word, Lord, I pray, God, that you would reach out to us, that we would reach out to you, Lord God, that there would be a connection that happens in the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, that we would see a move of your spirit in this church. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. It is interesting to note that in this passage, Despite the prophecies in the book of Joel, despite everything Jesus had told them, despite all the evidence, they still did not know what was about to happen to them. We see it in verse 5, verse 6 rather, sorry, when they're they're saying, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? They were still waiting for the Messiah to come and to throw out the Roman Empire from their occupation of Jerusalem. They were waiting for that earthly kingdom to be set up. and, And perhaps somewhere in their minds, they thought of themselves as perhaps having a a role as some great general or some great captain in this army that God was going to raise up through Jesus and and push the Romans out. But Jesus turns around and basically tells them, no, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons. Or in other words, now is not the time. But, But Jesus tells them to wait. Jesus tells them to wait and that they would receive power. And it's interesting to note in verse 8, and I know I've said this before, but maybe this is new for some people here today. But but when it says you shall receive power, the, the Greek word that is there is dunamis. That's the Greek word that we translate as English in our English Bible. And that word dunamis is the same root word that we get the word dynamite from. Right now, dynamite changes things. Hello? If you don't believe me, go home. Find some dynamite. Put it in your kitchen and light it. I promise you, your kitchen will be changed. Hello? Dynamite changes 
things. Amen. And, and this power that Jesus is talking about, the power of the Holy Spirit, it is a life-changing power. Amen. It is a power that does not just change your life, but it completely changes everything that is around it. It is an explosion of Holy Spirit power within your life that leaves everything around it different and everything around it changed and everything around it focused on that which is important. Amen. We see in Acts chapter 2, we see the promise gets delivered. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And, and as you read throughout the book of Acts, we can see that there is a dramatic change in the life of the disciples. Amen. Their life has been transformed completely by this experience in the book of Acts chapter 1 to 4, chapter 2, 1 to 4. You know, whereas before they were sitting in their upper room with the door locked and worried about what was going to happen. Post Acts chapter 2, they're out in the streets and they are preaching and they are teaching and they are filled with boldness and with the power of the Holy Spirit. And they are speaking with other tongues and miracles are happening and signs are happening and, and people's lives are getting changed and things are beginning to happen. And they are beginning to fulfill the commission that Jesus gave them when he said, once you have the power, you will then be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Their lives are completely changed. And so began on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Amen. It was the birth of the church and it was birthed by the transformational power of the Holy Spirit that emboldened the church to complete the mission that Jesus had given them. Can someone say amen? amen? And so now, in 2020, we need this same power in our church. Can someone say amen? amen? Because if we do not have the power of the Holy Spirit in operation within our church, we are only going to have a dead church. We are only ever going to have a church that is filled with tradition. We are only ever going to be nothing more than a glorified social club. But I don't know about you, but I've got something within my heart. I want to see signs and wonders. I want to see miracles happen in this place. I want to see the sick healed. I want to see the broken restored. I want to see people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to see people's lives transformed completely. I want to see chains of addictions broken. I want to see drugs pulled out from people's systems by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want addiction to nicotine, to alcohol, to pornography, all of these things to be broken in an instant by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And we need that power in our church. I want to see the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. I want to see the bound be liberated. I want to see the oppressed be free. But it is only going to happen, church, if we have a church that is filled with people who are worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. But more importantly than that, we need a move of the Spirit in this place. Yes, we do. But I don't just want it tied to this place. You see, I feel like there is a danger that our church is facing. And it's this. We want the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our church. But we want it to only operate in our church. We want to have amazing services on Sunday. We want to see these things. We want to see these great things happen. But, but we only want to confine it to this place, this building, and this time on Sunday. The reality is, is that if we believe the power of the Holy Spirit is a transformational power, then it should apply to our whole lives from Sunday through to Saturday, from Monday through to Friday while we're at work, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amen. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, not in operation in this place, but we need it in operation in this place. We need the Holy Spirit to begin to work in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls. We need the Holy Spirit to change something within us, not within this place here. This place here is fine. What needs to change is this place. This place here needs to experience the fire of the Holy Spirit because we will never have a move of the Holy Spirit in this building while we do not have a move of the Holy Spirit within our hearts. We won't see the fire burn in here until it burns within our hearts. We won't see lives change in this building until our life has been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not even going to see revival in this place until we begin to see revival in our hearts until our hearts begin to come alive to the power of God the things that God wants for us the dreams and the plans and the purpose that he has but so often we try and tie it down and we come to church we think yeah that was a great service people connected with God and good things happened and rah 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 but when we leave this place our hearts are not changed and we're still stuck in the same things and struggling with the same things and battling with the same things but brothers and sisters I'm here to tell you today we need a move of the spirit in our hearts it's got to be in our hearts hallelujah hallelujah you see the thing is is that we need his power in his hearts why this thing here that's not the church I want a move of the Spirit in the church, but this building is not the church. These carpet tiles are not the church. The roof is not the church. These instruments are not the church. But the Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, it says what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That means church is not confined to this place, but it needs to be confined to this place. 
That means everywhere you go, the church is going with you. Everywhere you go, the Spirit wants to go with you. His Spirit is there and it's watching and it's saying, come on, I want you to start moving the way I want you to move. I want you to start acting the way I want you to act. God's Spirit does not just dwell in His church on Sunday, but it dwells in our hearts always. And I don't know about you, but that puts something within my heart that says that ought to have an effect on my life. It ought to affect the places that I go. It ought to affect the people that I spend time with. It ought to affect the events that I attend. It ought to affect the things that get my support in this life. Because I don't know about you, but I am desperate for my heart to be change to become more like Jesus in 2020 I don't want to stay the same I don't want to be the same I want to grow I want to learn I want to be more like Jesus I want to change I want to be renewed I want to be restored but it's only going to happen when we have a move of the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts someone say amen You see, I read this this morning in our life class, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Verse 8 says, for he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall reap life everlasting. Have you ever wondered... Let me pull out one of these really obscure Old Testament laws for you. Have you ever wondered in the Old Testament why God gave His people a command and said, you cannot plant corn and wheat in the same field? You ever wondered that? Why why did you have to plant one field the same and you couldn't just mix it up? I'll tell you why. God was giving them an example. They said, you've got to have everything separate. And here is the problem. When we don't have a move of the Spirit in our heart, when we're not focused on what the Spirit wants to do in our heart and in our lives, we begin to sow in other fields. When we confine the move of God's presence and the power of God's Spirit to this building and this time, and we exclude Him from our hearts, then we are beginning to plant in other areas with other seed. And God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that is what you are going to reap. And it is the Spirit that brings life to us. Galatians tells us that he that soweth to his flesh shall reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. It is the Spirit that brings life to us. Romans chapter 8. Verse 10 says, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. The NIV puts it like this, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness is the condition of our heart being right before God. 
And when we don't have a move of the Spirit in our heart, when our heart is not subject to the things of God, when we are allowing the things of the world to rule our hearts on Monday through till Saturday, and we come to church on Sunday ready to receive from God, it's not right. Because our heart is not righteous. But we need to have something in our heart that says, I want to live for you, Jesus. Every day of this week, every moment that I'm awake, every breath that I take, I need to be living for you. Your spirit needs to be influencing my life every step, every moment, every breath. It's not just about this place. It's about this place. So it is not enough in 2020. Really mess with your theology. Do you know coming to church isn't going to save you? Hello? This building isn't going to save you. What's going to save you is when you get your heart right before God. And you do your level best to live right before God. I think it's in Galatians it says, For if we live in the Spirit, let us also Walk in the Spirit. That doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. We spoke about this this morning in life class. Yes, you're going to make mistakes. Every single one of us are going to make mistakes. But when we make a mistake, if our heart is right with God, and if we are being driven by the Spirit, and God's Spirit is moving upon our heart, when you make those mistakes, God's Spirit is going to quicken it to you. And you're going to be able to repent and be able to turn around. You're going to be able to get your life right. But the problem I fear is that when we can find God, to this place we don't get those warnings and we make mistakes and we fall away from God and because our heart is not subject to the spirit we don't even realize sometimes someone say praise the Lord I read it at the beginning but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Life-changing, life-transforming power. But my question for you today, as you look at your life, has it been transformed? Has it been transformed? When you look at what this world is offering... When you look at what the pleasures of the world are saying you can have and you can be like this and you can look like that. Does your life look different from that? Or is it slowly blending to look the same? That doesn't sound very transformational to me, does it? But when something is transformed, it is completely different from what it used to be. When you are living by the Spirit, the things of this world should be dead to us. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. I'll let you turn there. Romans chapter 8, verse says, for they that are after the flesh, excuse me, do mind the things 
of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, or to be fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And verse 8 ought to shake us a little bit. Because it says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I don't think there's anyone sitting here today that does not want to please God. Does want to please God? Getting my double negatives mixed up here. I think everyone that is sitting here today is here because they have a desire in their heart to say, I want to please God. But the reality is, is that if we are living our lives according to the flesh, if we are living our lives carnally, we cannot please God. We are not able to please God, no matter how much we might want to. When we come to church on Sunday and we lift our hands and we clap our hands and we jump up and down and we say amen at all the right times, if we're not living for God Monday through till Saturday, we cannot please God. I'm just reading you the Bible. But here's the thing. But you are not in the flesh, verse 9. But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. The NLT puts it like this. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And as we all stand this morning, that's what we need, church. We need the Spirit of God, not just living in our building. We need it living in our hearts. And not just affecting our hearts while we're at church on a Sunday, but, but we need the Spirit to affect our hearts every single day of the week when we're sitting in our meetings at work and when we're walking down the shops to do some groceries and when we're picking up our kids from school. And, and for you young people, when you're at school, God's Spirit needs to be alive in your heart, affecting you transforming you, changing you, making you more like Jesus. You know, this is what the people on the day of Pentecost discovered. They cried out to Jesus, to Jesus, to Peter in Acts chapter 2. In verse 37, they cried out, they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? The Bible says that they were pricked in their hearts. It's almost like their heart was dead to God. And this tiny little prick came in and, and managed to, to crack through the armor and break through everything in the tradition and all the things that these people knew. It was like something had gotten through in what Peter was saying. And it affected them. I pray that you're being affected for 2020. I pray you're being affected for the rest of your life. That you've got to have the Spirit of God living and moving and operating within your heart. Peter told them what to do in verse 38. He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then just in case, because I know there's, there's some churches out there that teach this gift of the Holy Spirit is not for today. That God's Spirit is not here to operate today. That was back then for them. But Peter goes on. 
He says in verse 39, for the promise, what promise? That promise of the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is unto you and to your children and to all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Can I let you in on a little secret? If you are sitting here today, you've been called. You are not here by mistake. You are not here because you just woke up and randomly jumped in your car, randomly stopped outside church and randomly walked in and thought that's pretty nice music. No, you made a conscious effort to get out of bed, to get dressed, to have some breakfast, to do your hair, to get yourself into your car and get yourself to the house of God. Why? So you can respond. That's why. Because I think deep within us, we all understand we need the Spirit of God moving in our heart. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in operation. The promise is for as many as our Lord God shall call. That means that promise is for today. Someone say today. Today. That means your life can be transformed today. That means you can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit today, just like it was in the book of Acts. And so I don't know where you're at this morning, but I could not escape from this message. I tried. I said, God, you know, they preached this twice at conference already, but I just could not escape it. God laid this on my heart. And so I don't know where you're at this morning, but, but, but I, I want to open these altars. For two reasons. One, maybe you have been filled with the Spirit before. But you know, things are getting a little cold in there. You know, you, you realize I, I haven't been allowing God's Spirit to really move in my heart and take control in my heart. Young people, listen to me now. You're not going to make it to heaven just because mom and dad are living for Jesus. I'm sorry. You have to have your own relationship with God. You can't just do it because mom and dad are doing it. But you need to make your mind up like I did when I was 19. I met God on the side of my bed in my bedroom. And He told me, He revealed Himself to me in a way that He never has before. And I knew that He was real. And from that moment on, I have lived for God with everything that I've got. And it doesn't matter if my parents are in church or out of church. It doesn't matter if my brother or my sister are in church or out of church. I'm going to live for God. I don't care what. I want God's Spirit moving in my heart every breath that I take. But maybe things have got a little cold for you. Maybe you've allowed the things of the world to creep in, to slowly take over almost by stealth been going to the places that the world wants you to hang out in, where, where God's name is not glorified, where, where God's name is not lifted high. Maybe this morning you're starting to sound like the world. You're starting to look like the world. You're starting to act like the world. You lie on your bed at night and you begin to think thoughts that are like the world. That should be a warning, church. It ought to sound something in our heart that says, whoa, 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 that's not right. I've got to get closer to Jesus again. I've got to get back to Him. Can I encourage you this morning, come back to Jesus and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit again. 
Let God's Spirit begin to course through your life again and begin to affect you again. When you do that, by the Spirit's power, you will be able to stand against those things. Those things that you're addicted to. Those things that you can't give up, it seems. You can if you allow God's Spirit to move in your heart. And maybe today you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit. You're wondering, what in the world are we talking about? Can I tell you, it's a gift. I tell my boy already. Yeah, he's not even five years old, but he already knows Jesus has a gift for him. You know, tell your kids, parents, Jesus wants to fill you with the Spirit. Jesus wants a relationship with you. He loves you, not just because you're my child, but He loves you. Maybe this morning you've never been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's promised for all. It's promised to whomever the Lord will call. And the Spirit can change your life. The Spirit can change your purpose, give you a direction you did not think was possible. It's available. You can receive it today. As our musicians begin to, begin to play a song, sing a song, these altars are open. I encourage you, begin 2020 right. Begin 2020 with a heart that's focused on God. Begin 2020 with being filled with the Spirit of God. And going forward in that power and allowing it to affect your life. Praise the Lord.